Welcome to a life-transforming message from the Pottersville International Ministry. Our messages are heaven-breath, Holy Spirit-inspired, and destiny-changing for the transformation of individuals and society. As you listen, may you be blessed and positioned to take your place in life and be prepared for eternity. We spoke about anger. In fact, on Wednesday, we opened the Bible and we said, if you are, if you are, if you are, if you are, if you are quick-tempered, everybody should run away from you. True or false? So if you can easily lose your temper, then you don't deserve friendship. We spoke about it. True or false? And I hope that all of us will get these messages. And there's a reason why I'm doing, I'm, we're doing this. I've come to a simple conclusion that Satan cannot arouse you if he does not arouse your emotions. Praise the Lord. You know, I told, I remember that I told, I said, jealousy is the only sin that you don't enjoy from beginning. Every other sin you enjoy from beginning. Lying, you enjoy from beginning. Lost, you enjoy from beginning. I'll pay for it later. But jealousy, from beginning, you don't like, it doesn't, it, it deals with you from beginning. Anger is a poison that makes you that boils you over. Especially when you're angry with someone. What happens? You will, wish, you, will not, you will never wish the person well. True or false? Praise the Lord. So today, I really want us, I want to end the, um, um, the Footprints of Eden series. And that's the reason why I wanted everybody to be in church. There was something that took place at Eden. And because of that, all of us, all of us are going through a process. So if you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, what does it say? 9 and 10. I think I'm looking at verse 10 more importantly. Genesis chapter 3. Something took place in Eden. God kept man in Eden. Amen? But something took place in Eden. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Uh-huh. 9 and 10, Abby. Are you reading 9, Abby? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I heard your voice in the garden. So, the first thing that happened in the Garden of Eden was what we call fear. Praise the Lord. Fear. Abby? Church, answer me. You're going to be alive today. Answer me. Fear. So, where did fear come from? It came from what? It came from disobedience. True or false? So fear is not what God gave to man. But fear is a consequence of what man had done when man sinned against God. Now, that's the reason why if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Hope, don't, don't close your Bible here too. For 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. It says God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he said he has given us what? The spirit of what? Love, of power, and of a sound mind. Look, let me tell you something. What is affected when your emotions is rattled is your sound mind. True or false? You don't have soundness of mind any longer. You become agitated. You become anxious. Things don't go well. You are are not in control as it were. And the Bible says God has not given you the spirit of what? Of fear. So, in the place of fear... When fear comes, power is lost. Love is lost. 
our sound mind is lost. Hello? Assuming, does this, uh, this remote, uh, this, does it have a remote control? Does it, please bring the remote control. This uh, thing, Abby, this blind, this, uh, this screen, projector screen, does it have a remote control? Yes. Praise the Lord. This is the projector screen here. Listed. This is supposed to be a remote control. If I do it here, does it work? If I do it on this phone, does it work? If I do it here, how, does it, how do you do it? Down. It's coming down. Why did he respond? He has something in it that is responsible, that is responsive to what? Look, let me tell you something there. Fear is what Satan puts inside of you for him to be able to choose how to operate your life. So once he's there, all he needs to do is just apply the remote control. Once he knows a seat is there, God forbid, not your body. Once he's there, Satan just and you find out, and you see, he will just be going on his own. That's the reason why many times when the seed of sin or Satan inside of someone, the person does not even know when he commits that sin. He's not in charge because he's like a remote control. He will have prayed to God, God, I will never commit this sin again. But the day he's going to commit it, he would forget that he has ever prayed to God because the remote control is there. So there's something in Satan, uh, in someone, and it's always started, it always starts with fear. So it starts with fear. And so when God got to Eden, he said, where are you? What did he say? He said, I was afraid. So how did the fear come? We call it by disobedience. Let me tell you how powerful fear is. You want me to tell you? The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that David saw Goliath and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? David ran to what everybody was running away from. Let me tell you, what happens is that when fear is inside of you, you run away from things. So everybody was running away from what? Goliath. But David ran towards Goliath. The Bible says David threw a stone towards Goliath and Goliath came down. But what happened after David had committed the double sin of murder and adultery? David started running away from Absalom. What had changed? The seed of sin had come into him. He lost his boldness. Oh, he said, let him kill me. I deserve it. Why did he say, let Goliath kill me? That's the reason why this morning I asked everyone in church, what seed is inside of you? The one of fear? So three things, three emotions you will see there. Three emotions, three emotions in Genesis 3 verse 10. One of them is what? Fear. Abi? Do you know that fear drives a lot of things that you do? A lot of things that you do, fear. And the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. Do you know the first thing God will judge on judgment day is fear? Before he judges murder, before he judges adultery, he says, but the fearful, the fearful, Revelation chapter 21, I think about 7 or 8, Revelation, he said, Be fe- the fearful. Now, if you are fearful, you cannot allow God have his glory in your life. Nothing spoke about that more than during the coronavirus season. Some people were so fearful, they forgot that there's a God in heaven. I always tell you that 
And I'm listening to what I'm going to say. That's why I'm asking everyone to be in church. I'm asking that, ask that, look, I want everyone to listen to what pastor will say, true, what the Holy Spirit will say, true pastor this morning. And I'm saying that if you see your problem as big as they are, you have not seen God as mighty as he is. Because the day you see God, you understand it, in the, and you see your problem in the light of how you are seeing God, your problem loses its significance. It loses its power. You can no longer be afraid. You know that your Redeemer liveth. You know that there's someone who is with you. I know you cannot fail. No, that's the reason why whenever God wants to make anybody do anything, he will say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He said, I am with you. Now, God never talks about what you are going to go through. That's not what is important. What's important is your realization, your, your, the, your, the intentional acknowledgement that you know God is with you. And once you know it, you will know that you will conquer. But I will tell you something else, even beyond that this morning. So he saw, so when, when God got there, he, the Bible says he ran away. He said, I was afraid. And I asked him, who made him afraid? What made him afraid? You and I agree it was sin. Sin put a seed that Satan could manipulate inside of him. Now, look at the next, continue, sir. What does he say again? So, so he said, uh-huh. I heard the voice of the devil, uh-huh. and I was afraid. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. Who told him he was naked? So the second emotion is shame. Shame or the fear of shame has always driven many people. You're afraid of what will go wrong. You're afraid of would I feel the uncertainty. Oh, and I was naked. But was he not naked before? He was. So what was happening before? There was a covering over the nakedness. And God withdrew his glory. And the covering became... Look, at the end of the day, what you and I need in this world is not anything, but we want the covering of God. Like the Yoruba said, if God covers your, your nakedness, there's nothing else. You can, your shame cannot appear to any man. So you and I have to have an understanding of who God is and work with Him. Look, I am so angry in my spirit that people come to church for so many years and still do not know the God they serve. It was the same way the people of Israel. They carried the sign of circumcision on their body, especially the men on their private part. They would pee every morning. They would see the sign of circumcision, but they didn't know what he was. They didn't know that God was with them. That as a circumcised man, that they were not going to fail. What happened? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, he says, we have the circumcision that worship God in the spirit, that we have no confidence in the flesh. We know what we are. We know who we are. We know whose we are. And so at the end of the day, we are not afraid. We know that no shame can happen to us. Listen, let me tell you something. Most of the covenant that men enter into that causes problems with them is a covenant of shame. They want to cover shame. They do not want shame to happen to them. So they go to any, they go to any altar and say, look, I don't want this shame. And most times, they take the glory of their sons. They take the glory of their women. and say, look, I sacrifice the, my children so that I will not be ashamed. Shame has driven men. Shame is a power in the spiritual realm. So today, I'm going to ask you, Pottersville, everyone listening to me, listen to this morning, let shame never drive you again. In the name of, it says, I know I will never be ashamed. Why? Because I know my Redeemer liveth. So we are not driven by shame. We're not driven by fear. And what's the next thing? I heard your voice. And I was afraid. Because I was naked. And I hid myself. And the last thing you understand that people do is that instead of running to God, they run away from God. Many times, 
I'm not saying that church is the only place where you hear God. But I'm saying that majority of the people, somebody beside you, maybe, maybe even you, the day you sin, the first thing you want to do is that you don't want to come to church because you want to run away from God. Instead of running to God, we'll run away from God. We'll run away from God. We'll run away from God. This morning, I want to end. In fact, I had so much battles in my spirit. I said, should I term this fearless? Because I want to terminate the reign of fear in the hearts of men. You understand that when men, that when you, you begin to live your life in such a way that you will be fearless. Or should I term it shameless so that you will never be ashamed? You understand? But more importantly, I want to term it unbounded. Living the life that God created you to be. The restoration. There was something that God created you to be. Now, listen to what I'm going to say to you. Please, I'm going to put emphasis on what I want you to listen to. So, many people, there are four things, in my opinion, four things that drives, that drives emotions, you understand? Someone's whole feeling. I was, he was afraid, so he ran away. Abi, he had this feeling that what? He was naked, so it was feeling. Fear, fear drove him, feeling. A lot of people tell me that, ah, do, do, and I hear this a lot, that do how you feel, Abi. Do you do your feelings? Do your feelings. Let me tell you something. Eh? Many of these things that you hear, eh, they are anti your greatness, anti your success. For instance, if you wake up in the morning and you want to do your feelings, there are times you don't wake up in the morning, you don't want to stand up on the bed. So your feelings do not drive you. True or false? Abby? All the times you go outside and you see a beautiful woman on the road, if your feelings drive you, you want to pursue her, touch her. Then you go to prison. So, so, so you know that feelings is not what drives you. You must have a conviction about feelings. Oh, I'm feeling angry. Does not mean you will act angry. I'm feeling tired. Does not mean you will act tired. The way I feel should not drive my behavior. Everybody, in, for instance, if you look at all great men, take someone like a Ronaldo. Let me use this. People say I use a... Non-Christian, uh, what do you call it? Athlete. For, forgive me. I'm looking for Christian. And I want, and the reason why I'm, I'm looking for Pottersville people to be the ones that I would use as examples. True or false? Let me use, for instance, I've used Demola before, but I've stopped using him. Because he's not committed. And consistent. <laughs> eh? Okay. I withdraw, I withdraw that. I will start using him again. Because now I'm on the altar. I'll be, when I get up from the altar, let me talk, let me talk to those ones that is in my mouth. Let me not say it way. Praise the Lord. <laughs> eh? Then let me not be driven by my feelings. <laughs> so you see that I will do it on the altar. Praise the Lord. I say this clearly. So, but let me tell you something. Like Ronaldo, that acts, that does so much exercises, puts his body in top shape. Do you think feelings drive him? When he's tired, does he not still do exercises? He does it even despite his body tired. Hello, sir. If you're going to be great in life, your feelings cannot drive you. Your feelings cannot drive you. It's not your feelings. If you tell me that it's how you feel, I tell you that you're not going to be great in life. You want to study. How many of you, when you were in school, you remember that you want to study? There are times you don't feel like feeling. It's just like you study despite the fact that you feel like. Oh my God, I say, I don't feel like studying. What do you do? You carry cane and beat them. So I don't feel like. I don't feel like reading. You say, well, you don't feel like. Well, it's not feeling. Feelings should not drive you. Abby, is someone listening to me? No, carry cane and beat you. Feel like what? Feel like what? Feel like. You don't feel like. Ah, don't beat the thing out of you. Feeling. It's not a good driver. I feel that she disrespected me. 
it's not a good driver of a behavior. I feel that he hurts me. He's not a good driver of a behavior. Praise the Lord. In the kind of Eden, he drove them out of the presence of God. He drove them out of paradise. He drove them out of the, the provision. Feeling is not good. Now, because of my time, can I say another thing that drives people is that, oh, this is the reality, the fact. So, feelings or fact? Feelings or fact? Abby? So, people say, ah, that's the fact. I'm driven by fact. So, intelligent people or logical people will say that that's the fact. It is the fact. So, this is how I'm going to do it. Hello, sir. In the spiritual realm, your race in life, the fact does not really matter. Something may be true, but it's not the truth. What did I say? Something may be true, but it's not the truth. In the entire picture, that you are broke today may be true, but the truth is that you are not a poor man. So, facts may just be a snapshot in time of destiny. And let that not be the determinant of who you are, of your behavior. We all my time. I see motivational speakers say, let your future drive your, your behavior. So people, your future goals. I love that. I love that. Praise the Lord. But that's not all. You know, for, I was, when I was thinking about motivational speaking, I said, look, Pottersville, you are, you are going to be greater than any motivational speaking anywhere in the world. When you hear that quitters don't quit, winners don't win, uh, quit, winners don't quit, you understand? You hear all those things. They are logical, but they are not the true. It's a, it's a true easy, but it's not the truth. So, future goals may determine behaviors. So, sometimes, because of what you want to do in the future, you understand, my behavior for my, to my children would always be determined not how I see them today, but how I'm seeing them in the future. So, if they are doing things that I'm not seeing in the future, I slap it out of their body now immediately. So, that he doesn't just, he doesn't stay. Abi? So I went to buy Kobuko. I called it anti naughty device. So my children call it ant. Anti naughty device. And it happens, kill, kill. Why? The Bible says that there's something in the child, but the rod of correction will take it out. So one of the things that, that Eden brought into us was foolishness. So most times we need to be beaten. That's the reason why many people, when you have a very strict mom, you would appreciate her. Because they will have beaten out the naughtiness out of your life. The foolishness. You, know, you, you stand up, you understand? Know, like, for instance, my mom looks as if she's down. But her hands were very swift to slap. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But today, we're grateful. Because we can take decisions not based on feelings. Take decisions on beyond where we're going to. But can I shock you this morning by talking to you about Romans chapter 4? Romans chapter 4. The Bible talks about the story. I don't have time this morning. The Bible talks about the story of Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says he did not consider his body that was dead. He did not consider the feelings that he was going through. He didn't consider the fact that his body did not look like he was good enough. He did not consider the fact that, that what's his name? That, um, that uh, what's his guy? From verse 18. Romans chapter 4 from verse 18. He didn't consider, oh, from verse 18. Look at from verse 18. He, he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. What did he consider? He was driven by faith. What was driving him? Faith. What was driving him? Faith. Please, can we go to verse 18? Is there no 18 there? Uh-huh. He looked hopeless. Hello, 
answer. He looked in Look, I am not asking you to be driven by the things you are saying. <laughs> I'm not going to be asking you to be driven by the hope that men can give to you. I'm not asking you to be driven by the intelligence you went to school to get. The Bible says, can we go to verse 17? So Abraham is our example. Uh-huh. 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 Who is our example? Abraham is our example. Continue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He believed God can raise anything. Anything. Look, a fearless spirit is one that believes God. Irrespective of what is going on in your environment. I believe God. Carry me anywhere. I believe God. Question. Can we believe God? And the Bible says that he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 18. Neither did he consider his body was dead. But he said he was giving glory to God. At stake is the glory of God. At stake is what? The glory of God. Remember, it was the glory of God that departed when they sinned. So, whenever you live in faith, the glory is restored back. So, for you, every circumstance, every challenge... Every chaos, everything that comes against you, you must ask yourself, where is God going to be glorified in this? Is God going to be glorified when I quit? Is God going to be glorified when I, when I give up? Is God going to be glorified when I'm feeble? Is God going to be glorified when I cry like a baby? Is God going to be glorified when I fail? And the Bible says that Abraham was strong in faith, giving God, uh, glory to God. And he, and he be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body. That's the fact, Abi. In fact, was his body was dead. It's fact that it was fact that his body was dead. He himself knew he had no more urges. He himself knew that his, his body has died. So he knew that there was no it was no go area. People tell me that can't you see? Can't you reason? No, sir. I do not reason when God is involved. Because reason. Cannot, cannot, cannot incorporate God into the matter. He said, I say he did not consider not his body that was dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He now went to verse, verse 20. Look at verse 20. And he staggered not at the promise of God through what? Unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hello, sir. What thing that will make you win in this battle is that every challenge is fighting for the glory of God. Is fighting for the glory of God. Are you going to allow the challenge win? Or are you going to allow God have his glory? Are you going to have God have his glory? Or not? Don't forget, immediately they committed that sin, the glory of God left. So most times, what is at stake is the glory of God. When you and I live out the fullness of our lives, it's because we're living out the fullness of God's glory in our lives. So you are driven by faith because God must be glorified. I think that's what will make your life abound in the 21st century and going forward. What's God, what's God going to be glorified? The Bible says he staggered north through unbelief. He was, he was strong in faith. Never giving up. Never giving up. The question is what's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? 
what's God saying to you? If you're a child of God and you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God, have God spoken to you concerning that matter? Have you spoken to God and God told you this is the way to go about it? If not, you understand, then I have a problem. I have a problem because of the fact that you haven't gotten back to your father. Don't just listen to anyone. Listen to your father. What's your father saying to it? And God said he staggered not at the promise of God. He said giving glory to God. Look at verse 21. But he was strong, giving glory to God. There was a reason why. And in and being fully persuaded that what he was, what he had promised, he was also able to perform. At the end of the day, where you are afraid because you think God cannot perform what he promised you. You are afraid because you think that God will not show up. You, you, you are actually afraid when you doubt the ability of God or the capacity of God or the nature of God to show up. That's why you are afraid. But if you know that God has the ability, what happens to you? you will be strong in faith. If you know God has the capacity, you will be strong in faith. And if you know that God, God will show up, the Bible says, and be fully persuaded that God, what he had promised. Let me tell you something. What you are going through is in God's past, not in his, not in his future. So what you are going through is over. So let me just keep put this picture. Liverpool played yesterday. What did they, who did they play with? Eh? What was this cause? Okay, 4-0. Now, I do not know, but let's just assume that we knew that Liverpool won. You understand? Now, you know that Liverpool's won the 4-0. True or false? So you see that you may, you know the results of what is going on in life, but you don't know the result of what's going on in heaven. <laughs> eh? Praise the Lord. So, you know what happened? Let me now tell you. So what happened? You know that Liverpool won 4-0. Imagine that you now sat down. We just knew that Liverpool won the match. Will you be agitated when Southampton wants to score? Why would you not be agitated? Because <laughs> Liverpool had what? Because you already know the result already. Hello, sir. The result of your life is already known. God cannot be harassed by what you are going through. It's in his past. He saw it before you were born. He knew you are able to do it. And he knows that the end story is that the glory is zone. So why should you be harassed? Why should you worry? Knowing fully well that your Redeemer liveth. You say, I know whom you believe. You know whom you worship. What you are going through is not in his future, it's in his past. Your prayer to God, it changes your perspective. Because God, don't you see what I'm going through? No, it's in his past. He saw it before you were born. He saw it before you were born. And he knew that you had the capacity to do it. If God allows you to go through it, it's because God wants you to build muscles. You understand? That, that is where he's taking you to. It's part, of his, it's part of the testimony. Church, some of the things that you were afraid of last year, you can't even remember them today. So don't think that it will swallow you up. Nothing will swallow you up you know the end of the story. And it also tells me one thing. It says, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors means that someone else fought the battle. You are the one resting upon the fourth battle. The battle that had been finished. Not the battle that will be finished. The battle had already been finished. So you are the one moving on what had been done. Sir, church, your future is a finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. It's not something that God will sort out. It's a finished work of Christ. Yes, you are working out what had been finished. You are working out what had been done. 
You are working at what God had completed. So don't think that God is moved. He's not moved. He knows who you are. He knows why you are there. And the Bible says he was fully persuaded. And that's why they imputed him to righteousness. That God cannot fail you. Are you not too small for God to fail? If God did not fail the fathers, how can he fail you? Praise the Lord. So God is alive. He's able. You see, he was fully persuaded. I think what would help you going forward is to always remember that at the end of this day, who will take the glory? So you, since you know that God will take the glory, he gives you the ability and the capacity to, to go through it. Because you know that it's not over until you win. Until it's done. Until, look, some, you know someone said something. He said, so, during the program, he said, it's not over until you are, until you are dead, Abby. It's not done until you are dead. If you're not dead, you're not done. So I was saying that you keep getting better. Now, there was something that that um, Jamie went through. She went, I'm saying this because, so, to spite those people that didn't come to, for the program. You understand? So I want to spite them well. So, it's very scriptural to spite them. It's very scriptural. Very, very scriptural. I said, I put it to your shame. It's not in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I put it. It's very scriptural. You give up. <laughs> It's not the Bible, we know it well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And there was something she said. She was going through everything she was going through. The average mind would have given up. The average person would have given up. But she said something, God spoke, that there was an inspiration inside of her that changed the know to a knowing. And with that, she stayed in the game and until she won. You see, you may not know how you would win. You may not know how God will come through, but you just know that your Redeemer is alive. You don't know how he will do it. You see, it's how that actually confuses us. It's how that puts us under pressure. But I don't know how, but I just know he will do it. The Bible says concerning Abraham, he considered, he didn't know how God was going to do it too, but he just knew that the same God that he's serving, that if this guy dies, this guy will wake up. He did not know how God would do it. That was not his business. The how is God's business. But his whole case is that God, you are able to do it. Can I ask you one thing? What do you think God cannot do in your life? So if you know that God can do everything, then why are you scared? Why are you afraid? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's how you build what? Spiritual mental toughness. Every time you go through a challenge, just know that you are enforcing this victory. You are fighting a battle that has already been won. It's not, you are not just fighting, the, you are more than a conqueror. It gives you the peace of mind. The battle has been won. What you are going through is in God's past. You are a winner already. And that's what I'm talking to you about this morning. And that's what will make you fearless in life. Make you unbounded. And make you go through life. Making sure that you would win. Praise the Lord. So if you are going to watch Liverpool. And Liverpool has already scored first goal. And you know that they won the match. So you cannot be afraid. It's not madness. Eh, to be having high blood pressure when Southampton wants to score, when you know that you know the end, you know the result, it's not madness. Ask Sammy Church, it's not madness. So, how many people are mad? You know the result, your redeemer is alive. That's the reason why God always tells you, Do not forget, I am with you. 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 
you know that the games, you cannot lose this battle. Praise the Lord. Even if it seems that you lost something, you know what you tell yourself? It wasn't part of the plan. Maybe God wanted to take it out. Amen? Church, I want you to rise up this morning with the mindset that you can never lose again. That you are more than a conqueror. That fear will have no place in your life any longer. True of us, you no longer be worried. Oh, they say that Omicron has come again. People are afraid again. People are going to go for fear. I mean, how long are we going to live in fear? But I want to promise you one thing. That there's a God in heaven. Amen? That can put a wall of shield around you. That any virus that touches you dies instantly. Your amen has quite shocked That there's a God in heaven who is for you. You're, you know your redeemer live it. No matter how big your giants are, you know that your God is greater. He's bigger than your problems, bigger than your challenges. The glory will be his own. The battle is for the glory. God will take his glory. In the name of Jesus. It's not your glory, it's his own glory. So at the end of the day, don't be afraid. There are times I tell God, God, it's not me that will be ashamed, it's you that will be ashamed though. It's not me, so it's you. So I know. Because it's not my shame. They will, they will say that you, do not, you don't know how to give your children this. It's your, it's your shame, it's not my shame. I'll put it straight to you. And every single time I do that, I've seen God show up. Because he will never share his glory with anyone. He will never share his glory. His glory is his own. His glory is his own. Church, please, never be afraid again. Your Redeemer is alive. Wake up in the morning. Know that, yes, that you are living, you are walking from a victory, from, from, from victory. You are not walking to victory. You are walking for victory. It is settled. Calvary has settled it. You are just manifesting it on earth. That will transform your thinking. It will transform your mind. It will transform your faith. And it will transform your life. It's high time we raise up men and women who believe they are God. I say, and I believe God. I believe, no matter what Paul said, I believe God. I believe God will show up. I believe God. That was, when, when, when the wind was busterous and nothing looks as if it was not going to work out, Paul said, I believe God. Hello, sir. Please believe God. Don't believe circumstances. Don't believe, don't believe virus. Believe God. Praise the Lord. I know the virus has killed young people. We have killed old people. We have killed everybody. But I believe God that God will protect every one of us. Why do I believe so? Because I know that our Redeemer liveth. And he will never put us to shame. It is his glory, not my glory. Not, not my glory. It is his glory that is at stake. Lord, bless us in the name of Jesus. Speak to God this morning. I say, Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this message. We hope you've been blessed with this message. For more of such life-transforming and destiny-impacting messages, follow us on all of our social media handles. On Facebook and YouTube, Pottersville. On Instagram, the Pottersville Church. Thank you and God bless you.